The Beers and Ears podcast is sponsored by Riss and Cal. This holiday season in your search for stocking stuffers, you don't have to be like the Mad Titan, scouring the universe to collect all six stones. Instead, find all the tech accessories you need for your friends and family in one place. Whether it's wireless neck fans for those warm days at the studios, or a waterproof case for when you're searching for that wandering rabbit, they've got an entire assortment. When you go to fourfrills.com shop, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Select your items and then use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout. You'll get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget that proceeds of the purchase go to help nonprofits and a portion of the proceeds help to support the Beers and Ears podcast as well. So head on over to fourfrills.com and use that promo code today to get a jump start on your holiday shopping. Let's start the show. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. There was an idea to bring together 23 episodes of a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that when we needed it, we were ready for the premiere of Black Widow. This is That Podcast. And now for your hosts of the Beers and Ears Podcast, here's Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day number 19 of the Infinity Saga series. My name is Casey. Man, my name is Matt. We are starting to wrap up here. Final films. It is uh, crazy that we are into uh, number 19 of the Infinity Saga series. And I'm going to say right now that today's episode is going to rock. It's going to rack the rock. <laughs> No, no, come on. Come on. No. All right. All right. So, yeah, we are uh, discussing the 19th in the, you know, in the chronological order, Thor Ragnarok. In my opinion, and I'm, I'm curious to get Matt's take, the far superior of the three Thor movies. What do you think, bud? Well, it's where Thor really pivots. Like, the first two movies... I wouldn't consider to be your comedies that Thor is this um, just very pompous, very uh, confident, full of himself a little bit uh, hero. And in this one, you kind of see the humor side come out and, and you see that spill over to Infinity War and Endgame. So it really is, it, it's it's a totally different genre than the other two Thor films. I mean, just think about how it starts where it's, he's spinning and he's like, oh, wait, wait, got to come around. Wait. Well, and, and I think, I think, I think honestly that has less to do with the Thor, obviously the character and more to do with the fact that, I think Feige and the entire Marvel Studios team knew that the Dark World, for the most part, flopped and is, is probably one of the least favorites among uh, among Marvel fandom. And in order to keep the Thor franchise going, really, they had to figure out a way to reinvigorate the character. And I, I just... I. I think this was some brilliant filmmaking. I really do. And and it it was cheesy, but cheesy. It wasn't too cheesy to the point that you were 
repulsed by it. It was cheesy enough and campy enough that you literally enjoyed it. You fa- like the, just the way they did certain things, like when he's in the chair and and the 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 narrators you know welcoming to Sakar and it's got the Willy Wonka theme music in the background, but she's a very monotone. You are on Sakar. You are now the property of the Grand Master, and now you're going to meet the Grand Master in five. Like it, it's just it it, it 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 it's so unpolished there, yet it works because you understand kind of how he. You get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, and I'm I'm in total agreement with you. Here you are loved, and no one loves you more than the Grand Master. He is the original. The first lost and the first found, the creator of Sakaar and father of the Contest of Champions. Where once you were nothing, now you are something. You are the property of the Grand Master. Congratulations! You will meet the Grand Master in five seconds. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. You are now meeting the Grand Master. That, that this movie, the humor doesn't seem uh, totally out of place. No. Like it, it, it feels more natural. And even it's not just Thor that's funny. That um, you know, one, one of the characters that I love in this film, um, probably my favorite character from this film, is Korg. Over here, a pile of rocks waving at you. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually a thing. I'm a being. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Korg. I'm kind of like the leader in here. I'm made of rocks, as you can see, but don't let that intimidate you. You don't need to be afraid unless you're made of scissors. <laughs> Just a little rock, paper, scissor joke for you. This is my very good friend over here, Meek. He's an insect and has knives for hands. You're a cronin, aren't you? That I am. How'd you end up in here? Oh, well, I tried to start a revolution, but didn't print enough pamphlets, so hardly anyone turned up, except for my mum and her boyfriend, who I hate. <laughs> yes. And, and played by the director, um, and and so he, the, the line that always gets me is, tried to start a revolution, didn't print enough pamphlets, so no one showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it, and, um, and I also love that this movie calls back to to the first avengers where when hulk is fighting thor in the ring and picks him up and talking around Loki's hands up yeah, like, yeah yeah how do you like it now you know how it feels yes it's uh i agree it's good you know i in even the small things like you know we leave thor the dark world where where you know loki is is sitting on the throne and you don't know what that means right you don't know what that means and all this other stuff happens within the marvel universe yet he's sitting on the throne this entire time and then you know just the the little the little thing at the beginning where you know he's told that you know odin's not on the throne and then he goes back and just i love the fact that they get matt damon to play uh uh, loki (laughs) i think that is hilarious and uh sir anthony hopkins to play Odin. i think it's sir anthony hopkins to play Odin. absolutely which just cracks me the heck up, right? So, like, just well, he was well, he's actually he was, really yeah. So, he, who, play, who yeah. plays who plays mock, mock Odin? Well, no, it's it's Anthony Hopkins in all three movies. No, no, no. I'm saying in the in the play. 
Oh, in the play. Um, hang on. Because uh, that's another right. that's another cameo. Um, oh, right here. Uh, Sam Neill. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sam okay. Neill, who who and Sam Neill is um, <laughs> Sam Neill's from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This, so, this has a lot of deep dive people. So like um uh, the the voice of Searcher, the the big demon guy. That's um Clancy Brown, and uh, you know him as Mister Krabs in SpongeBob. Yeah, um, as well. As as we, we've had conversations about he wasn't he also in um. Uh, he was in the Mandalorian too. We, yeah, he was part yeah, of he was in Mandalorian with Mike. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I just little things like that. I think the humor is really well done. I love when you know he puts lo- puts Odin quote unquote, but really it's Loki in front of him and says, "You know that nothing will stop this hammer um, from coming back to me." Right. Um, I love that. And then when you actually end up getting Hella a little bit later and realize that, that was a little bit of foreshadowing too. So, you know, it, it when, 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 you know, Mjolnir, um, she's able to stop it and crush it. Right. So I just, yeah. um, I, I, I think it's, I, I, I'm, I think it's a really well done movie. The humor is good. The theming is good. Jeff Goldblum is just fantastic in this movie. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. I think he was my favorite character is the grandmaster. The grandmaster role fits him well. Like yeah. it, it just, it just does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, he, he was maybe not my favorite character, but but I think again, it's 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 a well done character. There, there's very few characters that fall totally flat. There's some characters that I just don't prefer, but I wouldn't say that their characters are bad. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's talk non favorite parts of the movie. What is your? Where are you at non favorite wise? The villain seems to be hyped up as this ultimate baddie and then is kind of defeated unceremoniously. And so, so I, I don't want to go as far to say that Hela is a bad villain. Like I've <laughs> shocker day 19 and I'm still talking about villains in the MCU. Oh, um, I, I will, I will say she's a horrible villain. I, I, <laughs> I, I, this is one of those times where it's funny because I think we flopped a little bit. You're not going to say she's a great villain, but I, I don't think she's a great villain at all. I, in fact, I, I had mentioned this a few episodes back. In fact, when we were talking about um, Ultron and how I loved Ultron, but Hela, on the other hand, it makes absolutely no sense that she is hyped up as much as she is. She is literally the destroyer of worlds, of universes, and this is the first time we're hearing about her, really? 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 Well, I mean, come on. I mean she, she's been imprisoned and like all that tracks, but it's the, okay, so fine. She's been in prison. That's why we haven't heard from her. And so she comes out and, and clearly in the scenes that you see her, she is overpowering. Like she wipes out a large amount of Asgard. But and, this is where we talk about, again, your villains theory that we've talked about almost every episode now. There's like, where the heck does she come from? Like, why do we not? I, I know that she's been locked away, but that just, it seems like such a cop out to me. I, that doesn't bother me as much as it does. Just, she's just defeated. Uh, like, it's like, Oh yeah, we, we beat her. And it's like, wait a minute. Like this, this is, this feels like oh. it was way too easy. And I, I understand it took really? the second. Entire- but see, I don't know if I agree with that though. Cause I think her defeat is actually probably the best part of it because they're not able to defeat her. I mean, at the end of the day, they don't. Thor I mean, doesn't they, defeat her. Loki doesn't defeat her. It's the the dude from hell <laughs> whose name is escaping me. 
helping me. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's the one who defeats her because he destroys Asgard. So they don't defeat her. Yeah, I mean, I and and that's and that's why I just feel like it's like a, okay, we can't defeat her, so she draws her powers from Asgard, so we'll just get rid of Asgard. I, I don't know, like it just it, that that part. I, I love the scene on the bridge where it's Loki and Valkyrie and Thor, and they're all fighting, and and like Hulk meets that big wolf, and I really cool. I agree. I agree. But just how she is defeated, just it feels. It feels just like, eh, okay. I, I don't know. Like it, it's, I, I think Kate Blanchett plays the character very well, but I, 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 I just, I don't know. It, it just falls flat to me. Okay. No, yeah, fair enough. I think overall, I'm just not a fan of her character. And I think, I think we both agree with that. I just, she's not one of my favorite villains at all. And, and uh, you know, I'm glad she's gone. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible. I'm glad she's gone. Um, I think it's fun to point out a couple of things, just some some trivia points about this movie too. One of the problems the MCU had was that earlier in one of the Thor movies, I want to say it was the first Thor. It might have been Dark World, but no, I think it was Dark World. They showcase the Infinity Gauntlet in Odin's treasures uh, because at the time they didn't realize they were going to end up going the route of the infinity stones it actually might have just been thor i mean it may not have been dark world but they showcase it briefly in like odin's treasure room later on when they made the decision that they were going to go the whole infinity saga series route they had to from a retcon perspective get rid of that in order to make it make sense you can't have the infinity gauntlet sitting in odin's treasure room if it hasn't been created yet right so in this particular movie they very quickly dispose of that and use Hela to throw it on the ground and yell fake as she's walking around Odin's treasure room, which is why she does that. Uh, I don't know if you ever knew that or not. Yeah, no, that, that was a, that's an interesting, well, cause that was my question when I first saw that. And then as the MCU got more intricate, yeah, that was something I was like, wait a minute, isn't this in Odin's treasure room? And, yep. um, and, 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 you know, I love, we talked about this way back in Iron Man 2 that they handled the cast change of Rhodey really seamlessly. That like, I'm here, it's me, deal with it. Mm-hmm. And and that was it. And you just been like, oh, hey, yep, and that's it. And so this to me was just a, there wasn't a big long explanation one of the movies of like and odin found this when he went to this place but it was actually a fake forged by the dwarves of this planet like they just (laughs) we didn't need all that they just like fake and it was like oh okay that makes sense done cut yep and and it is it's just an ode to the fact that they knew that they weren't gonna that that continuity wasn't necessarily originally planned i mean my god to to plan something over a 10-year decade-long period like this um, is is dang near impossible. So, you know, they, they did the best they can. I think for the most part, they came out pretty darn good on the other side. So there are going to be little blips like this, but I think it worked out really well. You know, I, I do love the whole Planet Hulk uh, scenario and, and kind of plot line that, that uh, kind of flows through this. You know, there was talk at one point whether they were going to do just a whole Planet Hulk movie. And again, we talked about this way back when we reviewed Hulk. We don't know if Hulk plays as an individual movie, but as a supporting character, he is amazing. So this was a way to do that. I mean, this is like Thor and Hulk one. It's like Thor is like one and Hulk is like half the movie, if that makes sense. Like it's it's like the Thor and Hulk dual movie, but they just call it Thor, you know? And I just, I love, I love where they go with it. 
I think it's really, really well done. What about you? Uh, What they did was very well done. I will say I am disappointed that Hulk has not gotten his own movie since the beginning because that movie was when the MCU and all these movies were in its infancy. So the budget was smaller the the actor was not Mark Ruffalo, and so I, I I'm curious what would have happened had you done a solo Hulk film with Mark Ruffalo later in the MCU, where you have more funding and uh, recognition, and and Planet Hulk would be one of the good storylines to do because I, I think one of your criticisms of a Hulk movie just like on Earth is okay, so it's Hulk and it's on Earth and he fights another really on Earth big person. Yippee. Whereas Planet Hulk kind of adds a, a better storyline into that. Um, I, I'm not... I, I, I don't know, I'm, man. I don't know. I, I don't... I think Marvel has made the decision and I could be wrong... If they have made this decision, I agree with them. I just don't think the Hulk will ever be able to play as a main character. I just I don't think the Hulk has the staying power. You can only smash so much on the screen before people get bored. I, I think that one exception to that would be now that he is Professor Hulk, that could work. Uh, a, a scenario now where he's kind of both the Hulk and Banner combined. You're going to be able to get some lines out of him. You're going to be able to get some narrative narration out of him. You know, um, you, there, there's lots of ways they can move into She-Hulk territory. I think there's a yeah, Red Hulk out there. I think She-Hulk is getting um, She-Hulk's getting her own series on Disney but that's Plus. What that's what I'm saying, though. Is I think that as they start to integrate some of that together, how they want it to work with the, the MCU, I could see a situation like that where it starts to come together. Red Hulk, I think there's a Gray Hulk. You know, I mean, there's there's a number of ways that they could go about it. I just, a movie of a green monster consistently smashing over and over again gets boring to me. But, but I think that's the beauty of what Planet Hulk was, is that it wasn't just a green monster smashing over and over again. There was some other stuff going on. But ultimately, in the terms of this movie, what they did with it was really well done. That the Hulk does not feel, and Bruce Banner, does not feel like a needless side quest, no. but really feels well-developed and integrated into the story and makes sense. And the one thing I wish they would have done, and I know this is impossible, but I wish they would have kept the Hulk in that movie a secret because imagine. I agree. I totally yeah. agree. I was trying to think back whether they did or not. No. And then I realized that they didn't, they should have kept him secret until the reveal. Well, and I understand like products and and like it, that's that kind of stuff with like set photos and all this other stuff. It's so hard to keep it secret. But how awesome would it have been? You're sitting in the yeah. theater, you're watching a Thor movie, and he comes this gladiator thing, and you're like, okay, what monster is he going to fight? And Hulk busts out the door. Mm-hmm. That, that reveal would have been like what it would have been the same thing as what happened at the end of the first episode of the mandalorian where that it opens up and you're like what i think it's easier to contain 
maybe a TV show like that that's brand new. Like you said, all the merchandising, all that stuff that had to go into it makes it impossible. But I agree that moment of, oh, my God, is exactly what you want because it would have gotten people talking about it. Oh, my God, the Hulk's in this and you need to see this. I, I think it's – I just think it's – yeah, I, I agree with you. I also want to make sure that we mention the introduction of Valkyrie, too. I think Tessa Thompson, her character is awesome. I love how much of a bad you-know-what she is um, as she's kind of the you know, scavenger, ravager, scavenger, whatever her number is, um, and to find out that she is a Valkyrie. I think, if I'm not mistaken, even though it's not necessarily confirmed, I think the theory is that she is actually... Um, in a lot of ways, one of the very first LGBT characters out there, even though it's not confirmed, some of the stuff that you see, uh, I think that that's how they're playing her. So I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I remember seeing that somewhere as well that again, they don't play into as much in the movie, but it's like, it's canon for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I enjoy her character as a new character that, doesn't again and again doesn't feel forced in there it, it feels very natural for her to be there you know so often when you try to introduce too many new characters it just gets mm-hmm. uh, you it, sometimes you have to end up shoehorning them in and she didn't feel shoehorned in no what do you uh, what's your take on as we kind of start to wrap the show up what's your take on again we're now i think with the fourth movie in of the dynamic between thor and and loki how, how did you feel did you like it in this one Oh, I I could watch a Thor and Loki buddy cop movie. Uh, I could watch like six of those. Um, I, Tom Hiddleston plays Loki so well. I I love that he is the he is a character that you constantly don't know what side he's on, and you're just waiting for the betrayal. And I love that this time when it comes, Thor's ready for it. Yes, and he's, and he's able to get him. I just in the way that he's on the ground and he's shaking the way he is. I just I was like, yes, you get that. You deserve that, you loser. You know, and but it, it is good. And yeah, I agree with you. Where do you where do you place this movie? It's definitely not bottom third. I'd oh, say yeah. I would say top of the middle third. Yeah, that, that's about where I'd place it too. It's I don't think I'd put it in like, oh man, this is my top in like top third. But it, it, it's it, to say it's in the middle third is almost an insult. This one's got some good rewatchability on it, and I I think, I think that you can watch this one and have a light. You know what this one kind of has to me is some of that guardians of the galaxy vibe to it. All right, my friends, it is closing time. If you'd like to get a hold of us, please reach out to us on Facebook at beers and ears podcast, or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. It's for grandmas uh, <laughs> or, or gamma rays. There you go. Uh, Twitter or Instagram at beers, ears, 1928. And email us at beersandears1928 at gmail.com. All right. Uh, tomorrow we have got. Are we in Infinity Wars? We are. This movie bumps right up to it. The end credit scene bumps oh, right up to it. Oh my God. We're at Infinity War already. How is that even possible? All right. Uh, so we'll see you tomorrow uh, for Infinity Wars. Have a great night, guys. Bye, everyone. See you tomorrow.